Uh, together as a people who desperately need you. Lord, we admit our weakness and we acknowledge your strength this morning. God, thank you so much that your name is majestic, that you um, have extended grace and mercy to us. You've given us what we desperately need and could never earn uh, on our own. And so we give you thanks. God, thanks so much for your spirit, who is our teacher and our guide. Lord, I pray now that you'd open up our eyes. Lord, uh, I pray that you would work in our hearts. Help us to become uh, the people that you have called us to be, not through uh, our own strength, but through the strength that your spirit provides. God, we love you. We thank you so much uh, for loving us. Uh, Lord, we commit this time to you this morning and pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen. You may have a seat. Hi, I forgot this. Details, details. How are you doing this morning? Good. It is good to see you. Uh, welcome to Renaissance Bible Church. My name is James. I'm the pastor here at Ren. If you are new here this morning, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Hopefully you received a connection card uh, on your seat this morning. If you could, over the course of uh, the next 30 minutes or so, fill that out. Place it in the basket at the end of the service when it comes around. We'd love to know that you were here this morning. We'd love to know how we could best uh, serve you. And so please take a moment to do that. I want to uh, give a special welcome to our village kids. Our village kids, where are you? Okay, that, that was borderline pathetic. Um, welcome, welcome to the, the Big People Service. Just so you kids know, if you're not usually in here, how this typically works is I'll preach for about 90 minutes, uh, 90, 95, and so hunker down, you're going to be here for a while. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. If you are new to Renaissance or even if you've been here for a while, our desire is that, um, that there's a certain theme that becomes part of our lives, that becomes something that defines us, it explains why we're here and why we exist. Um, here at Renaissance, we believe that we exist for God's glory and our neighbor's good. We believe that God has created us for God. Uh, we believe that God has created us in such a way that there is joy to be found in a relationship with him. And when we find our source of joy and satisfaction in him, uh, we experience joy. Uh, that news is not just good news for us. Uh, that news is good news uh, for humanity. It's good news for our neighbors, our community, and it's good news for uh, the world. And that's why we say that we want to be a people who are living for God's glory uh, and our neighbor's good. Uh, the way that we kind of flesh that out as a people is with three words that represent ideas. And they are share, grow, go. You may notice the big banners behind me. Uh, we believe that if you are here this morning and God has rescued you, he's done a work in your heart, in your life, we believe that your story is miraculous. Your story is miraculous. Regardless of where you come from, regardless of how you came uh, to know Christ, if you are here this morning and you are a follower of Jesus, it is a miracle. Uh, scripture teaches us that there was a time when we were far from God and God uh, drew us near to himself. Spiritually speaking, uh, we were dead in our trespasses and sins and God made us alive. And it doesn't matter if that happened on a Sunday morning long ago when a preacher like myself stood up and yelled at you for a while. It doesn't matter if it happened uh, over coffee one day with a friend. It doesn't matter if you were listening to a podcast or searching the web or talking to a friend around the coffee pot. Uh, if you are a follower of Jesus, it is a miracle and you have a significant story uh, to share. And so we want to be a people who share those stories with others. 
And we believe that God has not just saved us uh, to keep us where we are. Uh, We believe that he wants to form and shape us into the image of his son. Um, God is changing us to be more and more like Jesus each and every day. Oftentimes we uh, don't always see the fruit of his labor, but God is moving in our hearts and in our lives. And he always will be as long as we have breath. It doesn't matter if you're eight or if you're 80. Right? God's still forming and shaping you. And it's not, it's not a self-improvement project. Right? It's not something where God says, listen, you, you have at it. Try to be more like Jesus. Instead, God gives to us his spirit who forms us and shapes us uh, as we walk with him. If you're here this morning, we believe that God wants to form and shape you into the image of Jesus. Uh, we also believe that God has called us as a people to go out into our community and world uh, with the good news of uh, the gospel. We believe that this story that we are a part of is not just a story that we share within these four walls on a Sunday morning. We believe this is a story that we are a part of and we're called to go, uh, to move, to get out of this place and to uh, penetrate the culture around us, to invest in the people that God sends our way. That's why oftentimes our very best stories here at Renaissance uh, do not come uh, from this moment on Sunday morning, but oftentimes come as we as a people move out into the community and world. And so this morning, uh, I want to talk a little bit about what that looks like and why we do what we do, because I firmly uh, believe that those who have been rescued by Jesus are called to grow in Jesus and go in the name of Jesus. If you were to paint a picture of discipleship or paint a picture of what it looks like uh, to follow Jesus, I, I think those three pieces or components would be a part of it. Right? We share our stories, we grow to be like Christ, and we go into our community and world uh, with the good news of the gospel. As a church, Uh, One of the practical ways that we go is by supporting people both within our congregation and outside of our congregation. Folks and individuals and organizations within our church and outside of our church. And we've been doing that uh, since uh, the beginning. We want to support people not just financially. We want to support people and individuals and organizations with our time, with our talent, and with our treasures. Uh, Financially... Uh, as a church, we have committed this year and previous years to, uh, to give 15% of everything that comes in out. Right? So 15 cents on the dollar. When it comes in, we want it to go to local missions and global missions. And the reason that we did that is because it is 2015. Right? So in 2016, guess what we want to do? We want to give 16%. And we're going to keep on, Lord willing give an additional percentage each year. I want to take a moment to pause and just publicly apologize to the pastor who's here in in 2100. Um, Stinks to be him. Uh, Listen, we're we're going to cross that bridge when we get to it. We we probably won't give away 100%. So at some point, we may need to adjust that. But as the Lord allows, we want to give uh, additional percent every year that comes in out to local and to global missions. But we don't um, just want to give uh, financially. We want to give our time. We want to give our talents. We want to give our treasure. We want to give of ourselves, right? Because this is what, this is what we do. This is what followers of Jesus do. It's part of who we 
are. We, we serve other people in the name of Jesus. I should tell you this morning, because we're going to talk about opportunities that we have to go as a church. I should let you know, I hope you know this, that good deeds, uh, good deeds, acts of mercy, um, are not the gospel. Right? Good deeds are not the gospel. Right? There's lots of people who can do lots of good things but not do it because they love Jesus and want to make much of his name. Right? There's, there's lots of folks that can just do good things for the sake of doing good things. But, but we as a church, we want to do good things for a reason, for a purpose. We want to do good things, acts of service, so that God is glorified. We want people to see Jesus in us and, and glorify him. Right? So the reason that we do the things that we do is not to grow our church, it's not to draw a crowd, right? it's not so our numbers increase. We, we do this because we have a passion for Jesus, and we love Jesus, and we want to show and demonstrate who Jesus is to a watching world. Right? So good deeds in and of themselves are not the gospel. But listen, if you've been changed by the gospel, if you've been changed by Jesus, Part of the overflow of your heart and my heart is that we do good deeds, right? It's, it's just what we do because it's who we are, right? Doctors and nurses, they help and heal people, and it's, it's who they are. Salesmen and saleswomen, they sell. Singers sing, right? Cooks cook. Yes, you got yes. You guys are getting smarter moment by moment. Christians, Christians serve and they lay down their lives for the sake of others. It's just what we do because it's who we are. And so we, we want as a church to be a people who willingly serve others, right? Because we have a passion and a love and an affection uh, for Christ. Now, now, where does this crazy idea come from? Because that sounds costly. Right? I, I would rather kind of live my life for this guy. Right? I would love to make things work for me. Right? But Scripture seems to teach that I don't exist for me and you don't exist for you. You exist for the cause of Christ and for his name. So where does this come from? I think this is biblical. So if you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. If you have an iPad or a phone some electronic device. You can look it up. If not, the passage is going to be on the screen this morning. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 through 46. I'm going to read the whole thing, and it's long, and bear with me. Kids, how you doing so far? <laughs> I heard two adults answer that question. Track with me, kids. I'm going to get you involved in a second. You're going to help me out. Matthew chapter 25, Verse 31. Are you there? Great. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. Okay, it says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, 
You who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. For I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Verse 37, then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when, did, uh, and when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick and in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of my brothers, you did it to me. Verse 41, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. Uh, I, I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, saying, Lord, when, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly, I say to you, as you did not do it uh, to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous uh, into uh, eternal life. And so you see the, you see the picture. This is significant. Uh, Jesus is coming back in all his glory. Right? Everything that Jesus is, his, his goodness and his, his holiness his perfection. There will be a day when, when Jesus will come and people will see him for who he is. And when he comes, it says people will be separated. This is the, the picture that we have before us into sheep and goats or into people who know him and, and people who do not. And it says that there will be uh, some who will inherit the kingdom. There will be some who experience life with him, but, but not everyone will. Right? It says some will and some will not. And so I, I read that, and I don't know about you, but I, I, I want to ask, well, who inherits the kingdom and who doesn't? Right? Because that's significant. So what does the text say? Who inherits the kingdom? Look at verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So those who inherit the kingdom are those who are blessed by my father. And verse 35 and verse 36 talks about what it looks like to be the kind of people who are blessed by God. It says, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And so those who inherit the kingdom are those who have been blessed by God. And those who have been blessed by God are people who naturally, out of the overflow of their hearts, serve those around them. All right? Jesus is not teaching that the people who are, are children of God are people who, who earn their way to heaven. He's not saying that if you, um, if you feed X amount of people and give this many people something to drink and welcome this many strangers... Uh, then you will earn something. He's not saying that. He's saying people who have been blessed by the Father, just the outworking, the outpouring of their heart, they're going to look around them and they're going to meet practical needs and they're going to extend mercy uh, to people when they need it the most. Okay, Our, 
Our good deeds, our good works do not make us accepted uh, before God. But those who have been accepted before God naturally out of the overflow of their hearts meet the needs of those around them. Let me put it a different way. We do not serve others in the name of Jesus to be made right before Jesus, but because we have been made right before Jesus. And it's part of who we are, right? It's, it's what we do, okay? And so I want to try to illustrate this for you this morning. And whenever I do something like this, it could go terribly wrong. I apologize ahead of time. I need kids to help me out. Kids to help me out. I need some brave children to help me out. Logan, come up. Thank you. Thank you. Annie, thank you. I, I need more than two. I need... Uh, like six more. Thank you. Thank you. Look at them. Come out of the woodwork. One, two, three, four, five, six. All right. Seven. Okay. Okay. That's enough. That's enough. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, Ada. Come on. All right. Um, listen, you three, you stand here. Stand here. Logan, come with me. Come with me. I'll take good care of you. You stand right here. Okay, you kids take a step up this way. Take a step up. One more step. One more step. Okay. Now follow me this way. Now stand right here and just make a line. This is good. Now uh, take your index finger and touch your nose. And Simon said, no, okay, no, we're not going to do that. Um, I need you. I need you to hold this sign. Guess what you're going to be? Hungry. Hungry. Very good. Man, these kids are bright. Guess what you're going to be? Thirsty. Thirsty. Guess what you're going to be? I'm a stranger. You are a stranger. Stranger danger. All right. Um, Very good. Okay, so kids, take this, take this, take this, take this. This. Are you guys all strong enough to open the top of the water? Very good. Open the top of the water. All right. Victoria? I can't believe that she caught that. All right. Here you go. Hold on to the bread. Just this one loaf. Just one loaf. Share with the rest of the group. Come on. Okay, here we go. Here we go. You want to take a loaf of bread? Take a loaf of bread. Okay, this is taking the... Hey, work with... I know, I know. You're asking questions. That's okay. That's normal. We're going to take... Okay, here's an apple. 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 Very good. Very good. Okay. That's all I got. Okay, so I need my microphone. What's your name? Connor. Connor. Uh, Say welcome, everyone. Say hello. Welcome. Okay, um, your line is I'm hungry. So can you say I'm hungry? I'm hungry. Very good. Okay, so very good. Um, Name and and what you, and, and then that word right there. Andrew, thirsty. Andrew, and you're thirsty. And you are? I'm Logan, and I'm a stranger. And you're a stranger. Okay. So there, there are moments 
there are moments in life when we come across people, right, who are, who are hungry and who are thirsty and who are alone. Stranger danger. Okay, imagine for a moment when Scripture talks about someone who is a stranger and they welcomed him, it's like being a foreigner. Um, it, it's someone who's, uh, who's not connected in a community. It's someone who's on the outside and they're looking in. Okay, so listen, I, I know that we all live different lives and there's, there's moments where a God places opportunities before you and maybe those opportunities look a little something like this. Okay, maybe, maybe you come across someone who's hungry, right? The refrigerator is not full and you're going, well, when, did, when does that happen? I don't, I don't come across folks like this every day. Listen, it, it happens, right? In, in our community, in our community, in Charlotte, in Kannapolis, in Concord, right? There's, there's folks that would, that would put themselves in this category right here. All right, thirsty. There's folks all around the world that, that don't have clean water, right? I mean, you grab a cup from the cabinet in the kitchen and you give yourself a tall glass of water. You don't think anything of it. But there are millions of people in the world that are, that are thirsty, right? There's, there's folks in our community who feel like that. Okay, there, there's folks in our church that probably feel like that, right? So they're not connected. So they roll in on Sunday morning and they find a seat and they listen and maybe they participate a little bit. But at the end of the service, when we check out and when we start talking with our friends, when we shake hands and we hug with people who are closest to us, there are other people who roll out, okay? Because they don't know anyone. Because they don't have the relationships that you have with the people in these seats. Okay, so there are people who feel that. Okay, here this morning, there's people who feel that. So this is, this is the, our options. Okay, when we come across these scenarios and situations, we have, we have the means. I'm going I'm to get echo. We have the means to meet a need. Okay, so think about this for a second. All these kids here have, they have water. They have apples. And most everyone has bread, right? So when they come to someone like Connor who is hungry, kids, what's an option that you have to help Connor in his need? Yeah, you have food, right? So when you see someone in need, you you can give them what you have. You can go, "Their, their problem is my opportunity. Okay, and this happens all the time. Their problem is my opportunity. So as a people, we can effectively take our loaves of bread and our apples and we can give it to those in need or we can keep our apples and our bread. We can eat our apple. Go ahead and take a bite of your apple. Take a bite of your apple. Don't be shy. It's yours. It's your apple. You got germs all over it. I'm not going to take them back. So we can effectively see someone who is hungry, take our apple and say, stinks to be you. Say stinks to be you. Say it louder. Okay, when God puts an opportunity in front of us and we have the means to meet it and we choose not to, in essence, what we are saying is, stinks to be you. When we come across someone who is thirsty, okay, and we stand with our waters, with our fresh water, and we see a need and we have the opportunity and the ability to meet that need, we have options. One of the options that we have is to give the water to the person who's thirsty. 
because we have it. We can meet that need. Or we can choose to take a sip, take a sip of your water, open the top. Can you open the top? Open the top. Okay, take a swig of your water and go, ah. Very good. And then, and then we can look at the person who is thirsty after taking our sip of water and say, stinks to be you. Say it again loud. Okay, when we see a need and we have an opportunity to meet that need, we can choose to meet it or, or we can essentially say, stinks to be you. When we come across someone who is a stranger, when we come across someone who isn't connected in relationship, right, who, who doesn't have a circle that they run in, when we come across someone who comes in on Sunday morning and they don't have a, a group that they hang with or run with, like they don't, they don't have the relationships that you do with people here or people outside of here. And in their, in their hearts, they're thinking to themselves, well, I wish someone knew me. But I wish I had someone in my life to walk with me. We can, if we so choose, we can, hey, guys, come this way, come this way. Follow me, follow me. We can choose, we can choose to surround this person. Yeah, there's one in every bunch. We can choose to surround this person and connect in relationship with them. We can choose to extend our hand to them and introduce ourselves. Say, my name's James. What's your name? My mom, I tell you, when I was growing up, I was a shy kid. And she would be like, James, just, just go in the group and stick your hand out and introduce yourself. And I'm like, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Like, that scares me to death. Guess what? It's good advice. Right, So you, you come here Sunday morning, you roll in, you see a face that is not familiar to you. Right, you stick out your hand, say, my name is... Whatever your name is. If your name is James, you happen to have the coolest name in the world as well. Say your name. Introduce yourself. Broaden the circle. But if you don't do that, in essence, what you do... Come, come, come back this way, come back this way. I want you to follow me. I want you to do this. I want you to do this. Do this if you have a free hand. And then just walk by. Look this way. Walk that way. Basically, you, you choose to ignore the need that's right in front of you. Right? Because this takes a little time. It takes a little effort. You've got to stick your neck out a little bit. But, but when given the opportunity, you can either choose to meet that need or you can choose to do one of these things and ignore it. All right? And what Jesus is teaching us is that Jesus' people meet these needs. Okay, Jesus' people take what they have and freely give them to others. Right? Jesus' people take people who are on the outside looking in, and, and you decide to invest in that individual. You broaden your circle. Right? It's not us for and no more. You look at people around here who aren't connected, and you welcome them. You invite them into your world, okay? Because that's what Jesus' people do. It's just what Jesus' people do. And I, and I want us to be Jesus' people. I want our lives to be marked by this. I heard a statistic the other day or a quote the other day that said, Christians spend more money on dog food than they do missions. I mean, think about that. 
Christians spend more money on dog food than missions. Listen, any amount of money spent on dog food is too much. (laughs) Admittedly. Not an animal person. But think about that. I mean, we, we spend our resources on things that we value. So what do you value? What do you value? And I want us to value the things that Jesus values. And he values people. And we have opportunities each and every day to meet the needs of those around us. Can you guys head back to your seats? Thanks so much. Keep your stuff. Keep your stuff. Keep your stuff. So, um, so why, why, why don't we, why don't we do that? Why don't we do it? Because right, we, I mean, there's opportunities before us. God opens our eyes. He places people in front of us. Why, why don't we do that? I want to share with you three reasons why I don't think that we do that. Um, maybe as much as we should, or as, as effectively uh, as we should. Oftentimes we think that um, it's not our problem. Right? You come across issues that other people are facing and other people have, and you go, well, that's, that's not my problem. Right? And maybe you're not belligerent about it. Maybe it's not like this, I'm trying to be a jerk or whatever. You're just going like, I got my own stuff. That's, that's not my problem. But listen, listen. Other people's problems are your opportunities. Right? Their problem is your opportunity. It's an opportunity. God places it in front of us for a reason. So there's, there's folks in our congregation that I think are doing this well. They're seeing opportunities and they're pursuing them. They're seeing problems that other people have and go, no, that's an opportunity to meet their need. Um, Adriana Bain earlier this summer took an opportunity to, uh, to invest in a local community in Kannapolis. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a lot of kids uh, that go to school uh, Monday through Friday and mom and dad aren't forking over five bucks a day for lunch. Right? They're, they're not making them a turkey sandwich and chips and a fruit and a vegetable and a drink on the side and packing something good for them. Right? So kids go to school and they don't have the, the means, they don't have the resources to, to have a good lunch. And so the school provides it. Well, guess what? When school's out, the kids are out of luck. Right? Because school's not dropping pizza off at their house. So Adriana heard about an opportunity in Kannapolis where there's a, a number of kids that typically receive help uh, during the school year and they didn't have any. And so she saw a problem as an opportunity. And so she said, I got that. And she invited other people in, people from our church, people from outside of our church, and said, Let, let's tackle this thing together. Listen, there are a million reasons not to do that. Not my problem. I I don't have the means to do it. I don't have the resources. I don't know enough people. I can't gather enough food. She's like, opportunity. Listen, other people's problems are our opportunities. Maybe you're you're here this morning and, and you see folks in need. You see opportunities like this and you think to yourself, well, I, I don't know them. This happens all the time. I mean, you, you meet someone or you hear about someone and you're like, well, I mean, it sounds like there's some issues there, but I, I don't know who they are. Do you notice what, what Jesus said to, uh, to the people in Matthew chapter 25? 
Because this was interesting. He said, those who inherit the kingdom of heaven, those who are rightly related to him, will serve others. Uh, verse 39 says, then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or, or naked and clothe you? Because Jesus is saying, you, you did this. You did this for me. And they're like, like when did we do it for you? Because I don't remember seeing you, Jesus. I don't remember doing that for you, Jesus. And this is what Jesus says. And, and uh, verse 40, and the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So Jesus is saying, when you see your fellow brothers and sisters in need and you help meet that need, it's as if you're doing that for Jesus. I mean, think about that for a second. You have a, do you have a good friend in your life that regardless of what they're facing, you would do anything for them? I mean, anything. It doesn't matter if it's inconvenient for you. It doesn't matter if it's costly. It doesn't matter if you didn't plan for it or prepare for it. If there's a friend in need, you're like, I'm in. Because right? that's what friends do. You have a relationship with that person. Right? The more you know that person and love that person, typically the more you'll do for that person. Well, Jesus is saying, if you see a need and meet that need, it's as if you're doing it for me. It's it's almost like Jesus is saying, I'm the hungry one, I'm the thirsty one, I'm the stranger. And when, when you serve those good folks, it's like you are serving me. Maybe you think to yourself this morning, yeah, I you know, I hear that, and I hear the call to go. I hear the call to be involved and to serve the community. Uh, but let's, let's be honest. It won't make any uh, sort of difference. Maybe you think it won't make any sort of difference. I mean, the needs out there are too great. They're too great. It's not going to make any difference. And my response to that is, says who? Says, says who? Why do you think it's not going to make any sort of difference? Maybe you think, well, they're... There are problems in the world that are too big for me. Yes, there are. And you're not going to solve them all. You're not going to save the world. But guess what? God doesn't call you to do that. He calls us to be faithful with the people he puts before us. So be faithful. Be faithful with the people that God puts before you. And he's going to use you big time for good things. So this is what I want us to do as a church. And I want, us, I want us to pray a prayer, and then I want us to move and act. And the prayer that I want us to pray is simply open my eyes and help me to move. Right? Open my eyes and help me to move. So when you get up in the morning and your feet hit the ground, say, God, man, open my eyes and help me to move. Because I believe that there are going to be opportunities that God is going to give you and me to move and act. And so just say, God, man, open my eyes, because I'm naturally just blind to the world around me. So open my eyes, help me to see, and then help me to move and act. And I want us to act. I want us to act. August 2nd is our next GONE event as a church. GONE stands for Good of Our Neighbor event. Right? We believe that we exist for God's glory and our neighbor's good. So there are strategic times through the year where instead of meeting here in this place, we move out into the community, to our little community that God has given to us, and we serve the needs of others, right? They're, they're practical needs. We want to be, be practical. We want to be immediately helpful, 
but also we want to be eternally hopeful. We want both and. But there's going to be times where we just do things because it's just right. It's the right thing to do because we have the means to help. So this morning I want to tell you about three ways that we are going to pour into our community. The first um, there's sign-ups in the back of the table. The first opportunity is on Sunday, August the 2nd, to go to Fred Wilson Elementary School and to paint, right? Three months ago, they're like, we have a need. We have all these doors in our classrooms. We need them painted before the new school year starts. We don't have the manpower to do it. We have the paint. We have the brushes. We don't have the people. And so we're like, uh, we got people. Like, we'll be the people. So we need 12 people to go paint on August 2nd. Take a couple hours to do. There's a sign-up sheet in the back. Six of the 12 have already signed up. So we need about six more people who are willing to go, serve a couple hours, and help prepare that place for the kids when they come back in the fall. The second opportunity that we have is to distribute food at a local community in Kannapolis. This is the opportunity I was telling you Adriana's been a part of. Um, We're going to take about 20 people or so Um, We're going to go to a community in Kannapolis where there's a lot of kids that don't have uh, the food that they need, and we're just going to provide a meal for them. We're going to love on them. We're going to pray for them. Charity's going to sing. That's what Charity does. She's going to sing. She's going to bring the family band. They're going to jam out for Jesus. It's going to be awesome. We're going to connect with that community. We're going to continue to build relationships with that community because it's before us. It's an opportunity, and we have the means to help. We've already had about roughly about 20 people to sign up for that. We, we really don't need a whole lot more. Um, if you want to go, you can still go. We're not going to kick you out. Uh, but we're really pretty set with that one. The third one um, is a blood drive. It's going to take place here at the Y, and it's going to benefit one of the coolest kids in the world. We're going to talk about him in just a minute. But I, I want you, admittedly, listen, I mean, if you have the opportunity to paint a door or to distribute pizza or to get poked with a needle. Listen, I get it. That's not first on everyone's list. But maybe it should be. Right? Maybe it should be. I want you to watch this three-minute video uh, about uh, a, a cool thing that this organization's doing. And while this is playing, I'm going to ask Elizabeth to come up and she's going to share about it. We are here today supporting 10 local families who all have children who are battling cancer right now. While it's it's a tragedy and something that we don't want to celebrate, this is something that the Community Blood Center was founded for. I'm a preschool teacher, and last year one of my students, Emma, was finishing up her treatment for leukemia, and so I'm here donating for her today. Emma was diagnosed in December of 2011 with ALL, and... We actually just celebrated her one-year cancer-free. He was diagnosed at two years old with acute lymphoblastic leukemia. We had a lot of um, community support. We have a lot of people that um, still ask about him. Harlan is our is our son, and he was diagnosed with a brain tumor called ependymoma at the age of 26 months. In his long journey, it was a two-year battle for Harlan. He had the ability to pull anybody in, didn't matter who you were. And that is our goal, is to continue his legacy and his love. It's nice to know that you're not fighting the battle by yourself. 
you've got somebody in your corner at all times. And the reason I do it is to help out the other folks that are sick and need my blood. And I've also donated braces so the platelets as well. And it's because I see the benefit of donating. And the 10 families that we are honoring today are the ones that I have met through my journey. And they're just amazing um, people and individuals are so brave and they're so strong and they've been through so much but they're still continuing to help raise awareness for for pediatric cancer and you know it's just sweet it's been a blessing to me to meet them it's heartbreaking and just want to be able to get back and do something for that family you know it's just um such a joy to be able to honor them in this way today and let them know that we're behind them and we support them and that we love them and that we're fighting for them. All the blood stays here. It's all in North Carolina and South Carolina. It goes to our hospitals, to our people. It shows on the kids' faces and, you know, adults' faces. <laughs> if we let me live. Really, really, really thankful for all the blood that people have given. I'm scared. I've never donated blood before, but I also have seen what these kids go through fighting, and they're not scared. <laughs> She's not scared of a needle going into a port, so I shouldn't be afraid of giving my blood to save a life, too. Elizabeth, thanks so much for uh, being with us this morning. I have a confession to make. I'm deathly afraid of needles and uh, even the thought of giving blood. Like, even when I said that, I almost passed out. And so, uh, so why, uh, why donate blood? Um, it, as you can see right there, it's, it, there's a, a great need. Um, I was reading on the, their website earlier this week that every two seconds there's a, a need, um, that someone needs a, a blood transfusion. So it's, it's part of, you know, when you approached us, hey, Elizabeth and Brandon, do you guys have a need at Dream on 3? You know, is there something we can do on August 2nd that, that, that can help? And, and we said, yes, we have a, a Dream kid that, that is a need. Um, and I don't know if you want me to share his yeah, story. Yeah, no, tell us a little bit about, um, just real quick, for folks that maybe aren't familiar with Dream on 3, uh, real quick, uh, give, give people a 15-second snapshot of what Dream on 3 is all about. And then, and then talk about uh, the Dream Kid, BJ, that we're kind of doing this in, in honor of. All right, 15 seconds. It might be a little difficult. Dream on 3 is a, a local wish-granting organization that Brandon and I started a couple of years ago. And we've served children with um, chronic illnesses, developmental disabilities, and life-altering conditions. And we had the pleasure of meeting um, the Dream Kid I want to talk to you about today um, a couple of years ago. He was one of our first kids. His name is BJ Carell. Um, and in 2012, and you're going to have to bear with me, He was diagnosed with leukemia and was doing really well the past couple of years, doing, responding to treatment exceptionally well. And in May, they took him in and received the news that leukemia had come back with a vengeance and he was going to have to go for round two um, and that he would be in need of a, a bone marrow transplant. And so when I spoke with mom, she said, you know, blood drives are critical and he does receive blood on a regular basis and is in need. Also, Be the Match is going to be on site August 2nd, and folks not only can donate blood, but they can get on this registry, which is critical for BJ and, and thousands, millions, I'm sure, other people. 
And someone in this room could actually be his match and could save his life because right now he is fighting for his life. And so what we have the opportunity to do on August 2nd is, is life-saving um, and could be a game-changer for BJ. He's a 15-year-old young man um, who is, is truly fighting for his life. His mom said the first time that they received the news, um, she was strong for him, and he was scared, and he didn't know what was going on and, and what was to come. But the second time, back in, you know, a few months ago, when, when they learned that their, their battle um, was not over, she said he was strong for her, that she was just um, devastated. And in seeing her a week ago when he was back in the hospital off and on through the second round of treatment because he's having reactions um, to it, slurred speech, he's numbness, numbness in his limbs, they don't know what's going on. You could see in her eyes she's scared, she's exhausted, she's fearful of, of what's to come. So having supporters and people rallying around them and doing something of this nature is is just a great opportunity and I think a blessing for us to be a part of. Yeah, one of the goals for the blood drive on August the 2nd is to get 30, uh, 30 people to donate. There's a handful that have, that have already signed up, but we, we definitely need more. And so if you have questions specifically about the blood drive, you can see Elizabeth. Um, there's a sign-up sheet in the back. I would love if you're here this morning and want uh, to participate in that to find a time. There's a, kind of a three-page piece of paper there with all the time slots uh, listed. Uh, you can donate blood, and uh, the, the blood that you donate is going to go uh, to save someone's life. Just, I mean, think about that for, for a moment. I mean, there's so many cool things that we're able to participate in and do as a church and as a people, but I think one of the coolest is uh, being given the opportunity to literally save someone's life, someone like BJ. And um, I, w- I would highly recommend and encourage you and challenge you to, to consider donating on, on August the 2nd. I am deathly afraid. Um, I gu- almost guarantee that I will pass out, uh, but I'm going to go first. And so if you guys want to see it happen, uh, August the 2nd, right here at the Y. If you have specific questions, you can talk to Elizabeth, and she'll point you in the right direction. But thanks so much for uh, what you're doing, uh, not just for our church, but for our community, and specifically uh, for BJ and his family. We greatly appreciate it. So thank you. Let me pray for us, Ren, and uh, then I will ask Charity and the team to come uh, lead us as we close our time together. God, thanks so much for uh, your grace and for your goodness to us. Thank you for giving us uh, opportunities to serve uh, our community, to serve uh, your people. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd give us the strength and the courage uh, to move when you bring those opportunities before us. God, I pray for uh, the kids that will walk into an elementary school about a month from now with with fresh paint on the walls. Lord, I pray that uh, that act of service may uh, bear fruit. I pray for those uh, who will head to a community in Kannapolis and help provide uh, food for those who need it, that, uh, that the, the seeds of those relationships that have been started and planted, that, w- that would bear a fruit and grow in the years ahead. God, I pray that there would be someone in our church, in our congregation, uh, who would have the courage to, to give blood on August the 2nd, and you would uh, use that to literally save uh, someone's life. God, we serve a Savior, Jesus, who poured out his blood for us to give us hope and to give us life. Lord, I pray in a, in a tangible way that we might do that as a people. God, we ask for your help. We need it. We're desperate for it. God, we love you. We thank you so much that you love us first. We pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen. Let's all stand together. This song is called Take My Life.